we're all poorer than we were before. We're going to talk about that tonight. And we're going to talk about the fact Joe Biden doesn't care. And not only doesn't he care, but he has his sights set on you. Coming up on I'm Right. You know one thing that drives me crazy? Especially during the coronavirus stuff, this thing has driven me crazy. And before I tell you what the thing is, I want to make sure I qualify this. I'm a bad person. I'm not a caring human being. I, I understand I'm a sociopath and a bad person. I get all that. I, I'm a bad person. So when I'm going to tell you I care about this, it's going to sound like I'm not a bad person. It's going to sound like I'm some caring person. I'm not. Just be clear about that. I'm not. But the way people who influence others, lawmakers, pundits, the way people talk about those who don't make their living in politics and in media, the callousness they have towards people who don't sit in front of a camera or, or, or go vote for a living, I hate it. It, it drives me up the wall. And maybe, look, maybe it's because I didn't grow up doing this. I've only been doing media for about 15, minute, 15 minutes. You know, I was a, a construction worker and a Marine. I was just a normal person. So maybe that's why. But I can't wrap my mind around how disconnected or callous to reality you have to be to say things like, I'll just go home. Uh, it's just 15 days. I'm sorry? Go home for 15 days? Uh, uh, maybe you're in a different situation. Now, I do this for a living, so I'm in a different situation now. But uh, for most of my life, if I had to take two weeks off of work, that's two weeks with no paycheck, uh, it's going to be top ramen if I'm lucky. Just go home. But, and yet people throw these words out and all these policies out all the time totally disconnected from the working man. And it drives me up the wall. And I remember screaming this last year. And all my, remember, it was most of the people on the right too. And all my pundit friends, I'm sending text messages. I'm getting text messages from people. Jesse, why are you anti-lockdown? You want people to die? And I'm texting them back. Buddy, do you have any idea how real people live who don't talk to a, a, a camera for a living? People got to go to work. People have to pay bills. And yet, the entire country, it seems like. Not you, probably, but the entire left and 95% of the right in response to a virus just decided, well, let's go home. Well, let's shut it all down and go home. What? What did you think the results of that were going to be? And even now, and we're about to go into some of the results of that, the pain that's coming, the pain that's already here and the pain that's coming. I'm talking about financial pain. The callousness towards it I see from people who don't feel it. I got all these friends in this business, and, and I know people on the other side. You're making a good living. Fine. Good for you. I don't begrudge anybody's success. Good. Go make all the money you can. But you're blowing off things like gas prices? Man, we have gas prices at the highest point in the last seven years. Seven years. In some places, it's as high as $5 a gallon. And I'm not naive. I, I understand people who are politicians. You know, you're in Congress, you're making what, 170 grand a year, something like that. If you're doing TV or radio, you're doing fine. 
I get that you may be a little upset at the pump, but you're not sitting there as I would have been for most of my life saying, how much gas can I put in my truck for $5 a gallon? People are out there having to make these decisions and still nobody seems to care. Ah, well, let's see, it's $5 a gallon. Uh, Hang on, let me pull up my bank app on my phone. It looks like, ooh, man. I think, I think six gallons will get us by, right? People don't understand that that's what's happening right now in the United States of America. People who are living paycheck to paycheck and barely getting by. And there's no shame if that's you, by the way. That was most of my life. Barely getting by. People were all, uh, well, it's fine. Oh, it, it'll, we'll get through this. Man, people are suffering right now. Right now in this country. And here's, here's how much your president and Jen Psaki give a crap about those people. One of the greatest national security crises the president sees, a number of other world leaders agree on that front. Certainly, we all want to keep gasoline prices low, uh, but uh, the threat of the crisis, uh, the climate crisis, certainly can't wait any longer. Boy, she seems all busted up over it, doesn't she? She seems she seems really, really worried about it. Yeah, we, we want gas prices to stay low, but hey, climate, sorry about that. Go home, peasant. Eat your top ramen. This is from the New York Post. They spoke to an economist who said due to the current inflation rate, Americans are being forced to spend an extra $175 a month on food, fuel, and housing. That's $2,100 per year more, and experts say it's only going to get worse. And again, I hate to keep going back to me, but I can only go with my life experience. There was a time I was... 19 years old. I was 19 years old. I was trying to go to school, part-time job, just did not have enough money to get by. There was a time when I ran completely out of money and I went without food for two days. Third and fourth day, I had to eat at a buddy's house. Finally, I, by a miracle from God, found a $100 per diem check from my old job that I had misplaced like an idiot. And I got to eat for another, I think it was two or three weeks on that $100. That's how real people all over the country are living. Real people can't afford an extra $175 a month. Or or maybe you're in a situation, this might be you, where you can, it just means, sorry kids, we can't, we can't afford to go see grandma and grandpa this year. Sorry kids, no new, no new shoes this year. You're just going to have to kind of squeeze in those old ones. Sorry about those tires on your vehicle. I know they're a little bald and could get you killed, but honey, we're just, we're going to have to wait another two or three months before we can get the money together to get you some new ones. That's real life. That's the real impact of what's happening right now. And they don't care. They don't care at all. And I remember, I distinctly remember there was some guy running for president. Uh, his name starts with a J. Don't tell me. Joe. Joe Biden. That's his name. He ran for president, and he ran on defeating the virus. We're going to defeat the virus. What should be noted that year to date, more people already, it's, it's October, mind you, more people have died this year from coronavirus than last year. With all those vaccinations, too. That's odd. But anyway, remember, Joe Biden ran on defeating the virus. Don't worry. We're almost there. God willing, I think we're just about to begin to turn the corner again on the pandemic. 
an awful lot of small businesses, tens of thousands of them, have acquired significant debt. We've provided significant relief as well, but it, there, it's, it's, just, it's just an incredibly complicating feature. That's not complicated at all. We've, we've, we've used this analogy before, but we're going to use it again. Complicated? That's something liars say. If I walk in the kitchen and I find a glass tipped over and milk spilled out all over the place, glass is, of course, broken too, and I call my two sons downstairs and I say, James, Luke, get your butts down here. And they would scamper down the stairs and they would hear it in my voice. What, Dad? And I said, James, did you do this? And James said, no, absolutely not. And I said, Luke, did you do this? And he says, well, I mean, you got earlier in the day, we were running around the kitchen and the dog was barking. I already know who's the, who the liar is, right? The truth is not complicated. And the virus and all this pandemic and the small businesses being wiped out, it's not complicated at all. Small businesses are being slaughtered because of our coronavirus measures. Small businesses are being slaughtered because of lockdowns and six feet away and vaccine mandates and your stupid masks and everything else. That's why they're being slaughtered. It's not complicated. It's not even a little bit complicated. It's actually quite simple. And speaking of quite simple, is everything about the Joe Biden presidency fake? Because, I, Mr. Producer, I want you to do me a favor. Play that soundbite again, and I want you to forget about Joe Biden and whatever dribbles coming out of his mouth. I want you to pay attention to the set. We're going to talk about this. Play this again, Mr. Producer. God willing, I think we're just about to begin to turn the corner again on the pandemic. And an awful lot of small businesses, tens of thousands of them, have acquired significant debt. We've provided significant relief as well, but it, there, it, it just... It's just an incredibly complicating feature. I know what you're probably thinking. What, Jesse? I don't see the problem. It's, it's the White House. Except it's not the White House. They built a set for Joe Biden across the street from the White House to look like the White House. Now, why in the world would they do such a thing? That's probably what you're asking right now. It's what I was asking the first time I found out about this. And I'm glad you brought that up. You see, our president is not a functional adult. He's not able to complete sentences without the use of a teleprompter. The setup in the actual White House means you can tell when he's using a teleprompter. They built for him a fake White House so you won't know your president is reading his answers from a teleprompter. Are you creeped out yet? Man, you should be. And what's the thing I've been telling you about the people who are pushing coronavirus panic on you? What have, you probably are already saying it in your head. What have I told you time and time and time and time and time again about these people? All the people, wear a mask, we're all gonna die, millions will die, get your vaccinated, have you got your booster shot? Uh, make sure you vaccinate your kids. And what have I been telling you about all these people? None of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are actually worried about coronavirus. Thank you, Rashida Tlaib, for the latest example of this. <laughs> oh, my bad again. Oh, no, oh, 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 I thought you were like, oh, wait, he's the one unmasked guy. Well, thank you for coming out. In case you couldn't hear that, I know the audio was a little low. She said, I've got to wear my mask because I have a Republican tracker. People aren't worried about coronavirus. So why are they telling you to be? And in case you were 
wondering where this thing ends, how all this stuff ends, how much cruelty, damage, destruction, death can they possibly put on a nation? Well, there's no end. I mean, the latest example is this. We have a hospital. I believe this one is in Colorado. They are refusing people life-saving treatments because they didn't get the COVID vaccine. Hospitals across the country are announcing they're not, uh, they're not letting people be eligible for transplants. There's a woman dying of stage five renal failure and the hospital's refusing her kidney transplant because she and her donor are unvaccinated. You ask where it ends, I will tell you, read a history book. There is simply no end to the amount of death and destruction the communist is willing to visit on his nation. There is no end. I want you to listen to this woman, and I want you to listen to this woman very closely because a shockingly high percentage of your countrymen think just like this. At this point, vaccine requirements are the way to go. Vaccine requirements in workplaces, as we've seen, have been very effective. And I also think that for domestic travel, for interstate travel, for planes, trains, interstate buses, things that are within the jurisdiction of President Biden and the federal government, I really do think that it's time to put those requirements to. First, it's going to make plane and train travel a lot safer. But also, especially with holidays coming, it will be a powerful incentive for people Mm -hmm. to say, look, you can stay unvaccinated if you want, but you're not going to be able to travel to see your family. Listen to how they talk. Listen to the power these people believe they have and they should have. Do what I say or you can't see your family. Who do you think you are, woman? These people better start being a lot more careful the way they speak to a free people. And look, Got to get your kid vaccinated, right? It's got to be. That's the next step. You know it's the next step. It's all over the news. We need, we need a kid vaccine. The kids have to be vaccinated. Never mind that under 500 children have died from this thing since the very beginning of the pandemic. It's not a danger to kids. And why is the supposed land of the free pushing things other nations are flat out rejecting? Sweden, you know, that's super safe vaccine. Sweden and Denmark. They've stopped using the COVID shot on young people because of the heart inflammation. If you're under 30, you're no longer allowed to get the vaccine in Sweden. Hmm. And yet America goes the opposite way. And it is funny that you heard that doctor on TV talk about incentives and people have to have incentives. Such a great word, right? Incentives. Forbes, top 400 richest people in America. Oh, whoa. Wow, there's a couple people on here. Oh, the founders of Moderna are now each worth $5 billion with a B. Are you starting to understand the game yet? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're going to talk about the system next. And you know what? Let's talk about the system right now. You know... Big tech is not your friend, right? You know they're gathering your data, regathering your data, selling your data. That standard email you use, it's really, really, really not secure at all. And actually, I didn't mean to use that word secure, but now I'm glad I did because there's something out there now called secure with a K. It's Switzerland-based. 
It is only $7.50 a month with the discount code JESSE, and it is completely secure email. And I mean completely secure. Nobody's reading your email, nobody's mining your data ever, and the United States government, the Chinese government, no government has access to it because it's in Switzerland. Security is key now. Go to secure.com today. That's secure.com today. Get your email address. Use the promo code JESSE. It'll get you 25% off the entire year. That's S-E-K-U-R. Go now. Secure your data. Talk about the system next. These people are communists. I know you've heard me say that a million times, but I want you to understand they are communists. They are hysterical, devout communists, and communism is a religion. And they are all the way committed to their religion. And just like any other religion, most religions I should say, heretics to the religion are to be dealt with severely. That's why the communists are so vicious and nasty and frankly deadly to their political opponents. They don't view it as a political game. They view it as a complete worldview, a religion. And if you stand in their way, they think you're a heretic standing against their God. I mean, we just had this recent DOJ memo from Attorney General Merrick Garland to the FBI, which was a blatant shot against a shot across the bow to parents all across the country who are showing up to school boards and getting loud as they should and letting their voices be heard. I mean, it was a gigantic be careful. And Jen Psaki was asked about it. And I mean, here it is. Does the administration agree that parents upset about their kids' curriculums could be considered domestic terrorists? Well, let me unravel this a little bit because the National School Board Association is not a part of the U.S. government. I'd point you to them. What the Department of Justice said in a letter from the Attorney General is that, quote, threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. That is true. These were threats against public servants, threats against uh, members of the school board. Uh, regardless of the reasoning, uh, threats and violence against public servants is illegal. That's what he was conveying from the Department of Justice. Yeah, that's funny. I don't remember any of that outrage when uh, Rand Paul got sent to the hospital by his neighbor, when various GOP congressmen and senators have been cornered by these street Marxist groups screaming obscenities and threats in their faces, Weird how none of that was a big deal, huh? It's funny. And the media, of course, they're in full spin mode about this. The Associated Press, which I love the fact that Associated Press sells itself as some non-biased media organization when it's just gutter trash like everything else. They did a fact check saying the National School Boards Association didn't ask President Joe Biden to label protesting domestic, uh, protesting parents domestic terrorists. And there's no indication Biden or the Justice Department called them terrorists either. Well, that's funny because there's a letter the National School Boards Association sent to President Biden that motivated the action. And it said, and I quote, as these acts of malice, violence and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent to form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Hmm. And I, 
you know how much I hate saying, I told you so, right? I mean, you know that's not who I am, right? I would never do such a thing. How many times have you heard me right here on I'm Right and on my radio show, how many times have you heard me since they took over tell you they're trying to classify you as a domestic terrorist? Not, not the guy across the street, not some wingnut, not some guy in a militia somewhere. You, the normal person on the right, they're trying to classify you as a domestic terrorist. Why? Well, that will allow them to use the militarized forces of government against you. They can't send the FBI, ATF, various other government groups with guns to your door to get you just for any reason. They have to find a reason. What better reason than oh, domestic terrorism? Do you think Jen Psaki would look at your last 10, 20 text messages, private messages, emails, and consider you to be a domestic terrorist or a potential domestic terrorist? Probably something you should think about. And look, they're being honest about it. Here's MSNBC. To me... This sort of rise in violence that we're seeing in schools, it's just a reflection of a rise in violence that we're seeing all over the country. We're seeing it in schools. We're seeing it in grocery stores. We're seeing it in, on airplanes. To me, is this really about people being upset about mask mandates or are there sort of underlying disruptive forces, white nationalists, uh, anarchists, whatever in this country that are using mask mandates and a public health crisis to sort of wage, uh, wage chaos? Oh, I'd almost forgotten about those, those white nationalists. They're always, look, you've never seen one, right? But they're always, just, they're always right around the corner, ready to commit a horrible act of violence at any moment. I mean, no one, no one, no, no one knows one, but it's a big, big deal. And I just want to remind everyone once again, I think it's important we keep bringing this up. The Federal Bureau of Investigation isn't even looking into Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the two most violent vile street groups in the United States of America, and yet they're still very, very worried about white nationalists and parents. Are you worried enough yet? You should be. Now, again, why is all this happening? It's not complicated, because this administration is in the pocket of the teachers' union. The teachers' union wants to keep teaching children Marxism. Why? Because that keeps their game going. They need a bunch of Marxist children to grow up into Marxist adults. It's not complicated. It's not more complicated than that. And if they find, if parents find out they're teaching children Marxism, they're going to get angry. The teachers' union wants these school board protests to stop. It's that simple. They don't want parents knowing, much less controlling, what goes on in the classroom. Otherwise, it disrupts their plans to destroy the minds of yet another generation of Americans. There. It's as simple as that. We got Mike Davis joining us next, but I want to talk to you about something real quick. I want to talk to you about debt. You see, if you're in debt, you're not alone. These are dark times right now in this country, and people have had employment. To say people have had a, a rough employment situation for the last two years would be putting it mildly. And people have seen debts piled up. They've seen credit card debts pile up. The bank accounts are getting empty. I know. I know what it's like. If you're $10,000 or more in debt, call Total Financial Freedom. This is a company I trust implicitly. 
15 years they've been doing this. They didn't start yesterday. 15 years. And after 15 years, this company has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They take care of people just like you. Set aside the embarrassment. Set aside all that garbage. Make one phone call and start your path to getting out of this stuff today. Call 877-332-8291. 877-332-8291. When you call, make sure you mention Jesse Kelly. It's going to get you some extra goodies for free. Call Total Financial Freedom today. We'll be right back. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned, that if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, and you are attempting to intimidate them, you are attempting to silence them, you are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents, and yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong. This is dangerous. It is wrong. It is very, very dangerous. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is Mike Davis. He's the founder and president of the Internet Accountability Project. Mike, I'll tell you what, man, this DOJ, FBI leaning towards becoming the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party is the most dangerous thing going on in this country right now. Uh, You're absolutely right. It is very dangerous. And I think that uh, Republican Members of Congress, Republican senators need to start doing more, uh, raising more help. They do need to start raising more help. Why aren't they, Mike? It's a very good question. I, I just I think that uh, they, you know, the, the Democrats are in control. They have full control of Washington D.C. They control the White House. They control the House. They they control the Senate. But there's a lot more Republican lawmakers can be doing. They could be doing oversight letters. They could be doing. Uh, going on TV, going on Twitter, just raising this issue because it, it is not acceptable to have the Department of Justice uh, trying to cow, trying to intimidate parents who are rightfully angry that their local schools are brainwashing their kids with Marxist garbage. It's not. How are parents going to respond to this? Are they going to back off? I've seen there have been some big rallies since then. Do you think? Do you think they're finally pushing it too far, Mike? I, I do. And here, this is the problem is, is that they are uh, when you go after kids, that's when it goes too far. That's when you get these suburban soccer moms who pretend that they that that abortion is their number one issue. When you go after their kids, uh, then they uh, they start fighting back like mama bears. And that, that's what I think is going to happen here. Uh, we just you can't go after the kids or you're really going to anger these mothers. All right, I'm going to play you this exchange between Amy Klobuchar and the whistleblower, Francis Hagan. I thought this was pretty entertaining. You said that Facebook implemented safeguards to reduce misinformation ahead of the 2020 election, but turned off those safeguards right after the election. Um, and you know that the insurrection occurred January 6th. Do you think that Facebook turned off the safeguards because they were costing the company money, because it was reducing profits? Facebook has been emphasizing a false choice. They've said uh, the safeguards that were in place before the election uh, implicated free speech. The choices that were happening on the platform were really about how reactive and twitchy was the platform, right? Like how viral was the platform? And Facebook changed those safety defaults in the run-up to the election because they knew they were dangerous. 
And because they wanted that growth back, they wanted the acceleration of the platform back after the election, they, re they returned to their original defaults. And the fact that they had to, th to break the glass on January 6th and turn them back on, I think that's deeply problematic. Agree. Thank you very much for your bravery in coming forward. Mike, I have to tell you, I am so touched by the bravery of this do-gooder whistleblower stepping up and just speaking about Facebook in, in a really honest and forthright way. Well, I think that we have to separate the, the documents that she brought forward, which are important documents that we show that Facebook is using its algorithms to prey on teenage girls, and that's important, versus, you know, she, somehow she has the policy solution, and the policy solution is more censorship of conservatives, which is just crazy. Um, so I think what we need to do, instead of more censorship of these platforms, we need to break them up. We saw this with Parler. When, uh, when Twitter mistreated its users, you saw Parler quickly grow to a $1.3 billion valuation. And so what did Twitter do? They colluded with Google and Apple to kick, uh, to, to quick, kick Parler out of the App Store duopoly. And then they colluded with Amazon to kick uh, Parler off the internet. If we had more competition among these technology platforms, they would have more incentive to, to treat their users with respect rather than using and abusing them, censoring them, deplatforming them. We need to break up big tech. Okay. What does that look like? Break up big tech. Is It sounds good. What does it look like? Well, there are six bills right now, bipartisan bills, that passed out of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Congressman Ken Buck, a, a great conservative lawmaker from Colorado is serving as the tip of the spear. These bills need to pass through the House and there's a pretty good chance that my former boss, Chuck Grassley, the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee will come to a bipartisan agreement in the Senate to get two, three, maybe four of these six bills passed into law this Congress and that would go a long way in breaking up big tech and making these big tech platforms actually compete for their users instead of monopolize uh, the users and mistreat them. Okay, are we talking about a government agency monitoring these things? In what way here? No, it's the, it, we've, we've, had our, we've, had our, we've had our antitrust laws, the Sherman Act has been on the books for a century. We've had the Federal Trade Commission, we've had the Department of Justice's antitrust division. We would update and enforce our existing laws to break up big tech. Big tech has enjoyed antitrust amnesty for more than a decade since the Obama administration because Obama wanted to take care of his buddies at Google. And this is why we have these trillion dollar monopolists, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple that have these monopolies in these various tech markets and they're using their market power to crush competition, cancel conservatives, uh, and uh, shutter small businesses. We need to stop this. I want to play you this exchange real quick between Tom Tillis and Jonathan Cantor. Like, what's your opinion about whether certain large market players like Google and YouTube have an obligation under antitrust law to make tools like Content ID available on equal terms for all creators? Uh, without commenting on specific companies or issues that might be pending before uh, the agencies or the courts, I've been a strong proponent of vigorous antitrust enforcement uh, in the technology area, among others. Thank you. Are we supposed to believe him, Mike? You know, there, there are not a lot of things that I agree with President Biden on. I don't think he's done anything right except for making two nominations that I think have been critically important. One is Lena Khan to run the Federal Trade Commission, and one is Jonathan Cantor to run the Antitrust Division. Uh, this is where there is bipartisan agreement among conservatives 
and Democrats. They're, you know, that we have Ken Buck, like I said, a conservative Colorado working with David Cicilline, a Trump-hating impeachment manager from Rhode Island. But they understand that that tech has become too big, it's too powerful, it has too much control over our lives. We need to break it up. And so I fully support Jonathan Cantor's nomination to lead the antitrust division. It's like I said, it's one of the two, one of only two things that President Biden done that's been right. Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Obviously, we talk a lot about financial news and times are tough. We had a long talk about it earlier in the show. Have you ever thought about flipping houses? You ever been fascinated by it? And I know a lot of it, most people seem to be fascinated by it. That's why there's a thousand TV shows on it. But why aren't more people doing it? Because they get intimidated and they don't know what they're doing or they don't think they know what they're doing. That's fine. It's fine. I get that. But that's why FlippingMadeEasy.com is so cool. It is a one-stop shop for everything you need to start flipping houses. Uh, but Jesse, I, I, don't even know, I don't even know what the opportunities are in my area. FlippingMadeEasy.com does. They have vendors you can use in your area. They have articles from experts teaching you what to do, what not to do, what to look out for. You can go start flipping houses and making yourself some money at FlippingMadeEasy.com. And if you use the promo code JESSE when you do it, you get an extra something special. FlippingMadeEasy.com. We'll be right back with John Castorani. We're not going to stop talking about Afghanistan on this show. We're not going to let this administration and these scumbag generals get away with this. And let's not forget, we still have Americans over there. A report from the Sacramento Bee says nearly 50 students are still trapped in Afghanistan and uh, they want to know when they can get out. Joining me now to talk about that is John Castorani, military special ops intel veteran and seven combat deployments. So John probably knows a little something about this kind of place. John, I, I mean, I thought it was leave no man behind. Was that the old days? Absolutely, Jesse. So that's part of our ethos, as you know very well. Uh, look, it, I'm baffled by what's ha what, by what's taken place. I think the military decision-making process has fallen completely flat on its face. And to me, it looks like there's there's diplomats in the executive branch making all the decisions here for military matters. You know, I, I still can't figure out why we left Bagram Airfield uh, before pulling out of all of our U.S. citizens safely. Okay, you brought up the diplomats because I continue to, to, to run into this. People keep saying, well, the State Department took control. Uh, the, the State Department took control. Why in the world would the State Department ever take control of a military operation? John, you're the one with seven deployments. I had one. Explain it to me because I have no idea. So, so typically, Jesse, they would not take control. This is a military operation. As you saw, 6,000 troops were brought back into Afghanistan to take care of that diplomatic mess. Uh, whenever you leave the State Department in charge of things, we lose our embassy. Uh, you get chaos at one singular runway uh, instead of two active runways at Bagram Airfield. And look, we didn't just lose our embassy. We lost all consular facilities around the nation, and we lost all of our human intelligence networks, which serve as early warning indicators, not only for counterterrorism, but for counter-Chinese, Pakistani, and Russian aggression. Speaking of Chinese, actually, I want to play you this. This is uh, President Biden, and, well, here he is. Well, China has, I've spoken with Xi about Taiwan. We agree, we, we'll abide by 
the Taiwan agreement. That's where we are. And we made it clear that I don't think he should be doing anything other than abiding by the agreement. I'm sure Xi Jinping is uh, quaking in his boots after that conversation, John. Absolutely. And he, you know, President Biden mentions the Taiwan Agreement of 1978-1979, which it says that we won't have a military presence in Taiwan. Uh, under President Trump's leadership, we, we reneged on that and we said, hey, we're not we're not going to do that. We need to support, uh, enforce, multiply there in Taiwan to, to, to protect you know, that that democracy that we've helped build there in Taiwan. Look, I personally believe this is going to be a proxy war between the United States and NATO writ large versus China. And I think China's probably going to invade or try to destabilize the nation before the end of the calendar year of 2021. And, and listen, this is not just, you know, harmful to us and our GDP. You have to look at, at our geopolitical allies in the region, such as Australia, Japan, South Korea, uh, and then India, another big player in that region. And, and again, we're getting into those nuclear capable countries, which is quite terrifying and could lead to another Cold War. Speaking with John Castorani, and I should mention to everybody, he's running for Congress in Virginia. You want some change up there? Might, might want to look into John. But all right, John, uh, I want to ask you about that specifically, what you just brought up. It's going to become a UN thing. It's not, nothing's a US thing anymore. Everything's a UN thing. Japan and South Korea. What kind of military capability do they have combined against China? I obviously know China is the juggernaut there. Are they a speed bump? Are they a brick wall? What are they? So I think with the technologies that we've shared with them and that they've purchased from us, uh, it's, it's helped with our economic growth. But you look at the F-22 in particular and, and some of their, uh, I would say, cyber assets and cyber liabilities there, uh, Japan and South Korea can be valuable, invaluable allies, I should say, in an early warning indicator uh, for the Chinese, what I'll, what I'll dub Chinese overt aggression in the South China Sea in Taiwan now. We saw what happened in Hong Kong. Uh, look, we, we need to rely on them in our intelli intelligence sharing agreements. And quite frankly, we just cut out India and Japan from our Chinese intel okay. sharing agreements. So I'm baffled by this. Okay, explain that. Explain the cutting out of India and Japan for people who don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so for intel sharing agreements, it means that for our classified information that we collect on China and vice versa, we will share with those two nations. India and Japan have invaluable human intelligence assets on the ground that can give us an early warning as to what the Chinese and the PRC, their military capabilities are and what their military is doing next. We just cut them out and that just shows me this is what happens when Democrats are in control. They have no regard for foreign policy. We just watched in eight, the first eight months of an administration, four decades of foreign policy has been unraveled and it's gonna be damn near impossible to recover that. Could you please elaborate for me? I, look, I'm just a dumb Marine, John. What possible just, justification could there be for saying, I don't want any more intel on China? What, what possible justification could there be for that? Listen, I, look, we have a president that is such addled, I don't even know who's in control. It looks like we're getting the same Obama-era administration foreign policy mistakes that we got, where there's no clear vision for the future. It just seems like we're rolling over and allowing China to control the world and control the narrative. Gosh. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Here's John Kerry talking about our president, apparently not even aware about our oldest ally. And uh, President Biden asked me about it, and I told him and expressed... Uh, you told Joe Biden that it was not the right... He asked me. He said, what's the situation? And I explained exactly uh, 
He, was, he had not been aware of that. He literally had not been aware of what had transpired. And I don't want to go into the details of it. Um, what? <laughs> and look, we should never forget that uh, President Biden was a U.S. Senator and Vice President uh, for longer than I've been alive, right? So it, it, again, you cannot come up with an excuse for what the Democrats are doing right now to our nation and our allies around the world. All right, John. Now, I understand this is the, I'm asking you to predict the future, and I don't want to go doomsday here, but we talked about UN and Japan and South Korea. What's to actually physically stop China from just waking up, oh, I don't know, tomorrow morning and deciding Taiwan's ours? There's nothing physically stopping them from doing that, right? There is nothing physically stopping China from doing that. It, I mean, you got to go back to see what the Russians did to Crimea and the annexation of Crimea, right? Uh, we did nothing then. Uh, and, and again, this points to when you have Democrats in control, I, I really honestly don't know what they're doing. And, and look, before too long, we're going to have the international community, our allies, kind of cut us out of conversations and say, we're going to handle it on our own since you guys won't help. Good grief. John, what's your website, brother? It's johncastorani.com, C-A-S-T-O-R-A-N-I, castorani.com. johncastorani.com. Thank you, man. Set for five. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. That's not good. All right. But we do have a light in the mood, and I have some good news coming up for you next. But first, you know we have an app, the first TV. We have an app. And it's the best part. They say nothing's free. That's a lie. The first TV app is 100% free. And I mean 100% free. You're not going to get in there and say, oh, we lied. It's $1.99. It's 100% free. Watch our programming live all day long. Watch your favorite shows on demand all day long. Go download the first TV app now. We'll be right back with Light in the Mood. Well... This is normally the part where we lighten the mood, right? This is the, the lighten the mood section, but I thought I should come and give you a personal address tonight about my future, at least my future with the first TV. I know this is going to be a sad, sad day for many, but all those people are communists. Ha! I resigned with the first multi-year multi-year deal signed with the first TV. You are officially stuck watching I'm Right every night at 9 o'clock Eastern for the rest of time. Well, that's not true. Until the contract's up and I die. <laughs> All right, so I'm coming back. I'm not going anywhere. I do want to give a heartfelt thank you to the First TV, not for re-signing me, although I do appreciate that, for letting me say and do whatever I want. That is very, very rare in this business where you can come on here and say and do whatever you want. And I've never once to this day been told, don't say that. Make sure you say that, as you can probably tell by the show we put on every night. So, I ain't going anywhere. Sorry, communists. We will be back, and I would hang on for this special tomorrow. Our special tomorrow, it's about Afghanistan and the state of our military and just the state of everything we're doing right now. And it's going to be worth watching. Make sure you tune in. See you then.